Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Jennifer Wallens with us has been a trusted and certified psychic, medium, pet psychic, animal communicator, spirit artist, paranormal investigator, psychic detective, author, radio and television personality, and metaphysical teacher for more than 25 years. That's a lot. She has been uh, experienced as an environmental scientist and biologist as well, very concerned with obtaining detailed evidence and facts regarding the proof of life after death. Currently serving as vice president for the Psychic Research and Paranormal Studies Group and a chief examiner for the American Federation of Certified Psychics and Mediums, Jennifer Wallens on Coast to Coast. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Looking forward to this. Me too. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here and just honored to be on your show tonight. I met you at an event several years ago. Yes, I, uh, actually two. One, uh, a remote viewing conference in Vegas. Right, and the other one you were putting on a some kind of an event with... Right, I was helping out with a, a seance that was part of an afterlife conference. That's right. Uh-huh, and um, there was a seance with the psychic medium, David Thompson, so I was helping, helping out with that. That was an interesting moment where everything was pitch black. We were holding hands with people and yep. strange times. We'll talk about some of that. Okay. Bit. How'd you get involved in all this? Well, I guess it started when I was a youngster. I was one of those strange little shy kids, very sensitive. Uh, I started seeing my grandfather who had passed away when I was three and telling my grandparents and my mother about it. And uh, I grew up Catholic, so it wasn't that strange, but um, they just kind of shushed me a lot. Although later on, they told me stories about my grandfather and that he used to see things. He would see shadows. He'd see footprints on the on the ceiling, and all kinds of strange things happened to him. So I I think it was inherited, I'm pretty sure. Probably. I think it is genetic in many cases. You get I that you get that feeling and pick it up. How did the animal communication start? Well, as part of doing, um, I started out as a medium. Uh, I lived near Casadega in Florida, and that's a beautiful spiritualist camp. And I started going to classes and all of that. And as I trained as a medium, I would have these animals that would just pop into my readings. Dogs, cats, horses, you name it. Uh, So I would just, you know, start talking about what I'm seeing. And now it's, it's almost a given. Every reading, if this person is an animal lover, an animal will come through. So I'm, a, I'm an animal lover. I have three dogs right now. I, I would have a hundred if, if I if had the could. room. <laughs> but um, it's kind of just developed that way. I wasn't trying to do that. They just kept, kept coming in, so I just kept adding them into the reading. Can you look at an animal like a dog or cat, and they know what you're thinking, and you know what they're thinking? Well, I don't. Okay, let's see. I'll explain it this way. They sense our energy and our moods. So as far as what we're thinking, I'm not sure if they're actually picking that up, but they do sense um, they sense our emotions and that kind of thing. And then when I connect with them, 
I, I see things telepathically most of the time with the animals. Like I'll see pictures flash um, and I'll get a feeling or I'll see their body and then a certain part of their body will light up, say like maybe their right hip or something like that uh, to show me that's where they might have an injury or a concern or um, something about their teeth or, or some, things like that. So it's real interesting when it happens. Part of your mission is to find phony psychics. We'll get into that because that's important to you, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. I was trained by very strict mediums in England and in the U.S. And, you know, over the last 25 years, there's just been such an explosion in psychics and mediums. And I get so many clients who tell me how they've been ripped off, how people have charged them thousands of dollars, oh, with purses on them told them baloney, and, um, you know, it's my mission to, to help train new mediums. So I do do that with the organization that I'm with, and you. also to test them before they're certified. So it's very important. What's the percent of a test that you would say is accurate for a psychic? The perc- Oh, you mean how, accurate. how correct and accurate they are? Well, I think a good a good psychic should be at least eighty five percent. That's pretty good. Yeah, I I think they absolutely a medium should be ninety five percent. What is luck? Ten percent, maybe. <laughs> of course, if you if you're like, is it a boy or a girl? Fifty mm, percent. I got a pretty good chance here. Pretty good. <laughs> now you have had a lot of precognitive dreams too, haven't you? Yes, I have. I've had some very interesting ones, and ones that saved my loved ones. Uh, really? Yes. Once, oh, this is the one that gives me chills every time I think about it, because, well, now I think my mom's in the house. Who, she passed away in 1998. But it, this, this uh, involves her. I was, this is after she passed, it, I think it was 2000, I think it was around 2000, uh, my mom had already been gone for a couple of years. I was driving in the car by myself, and I heard my mom clear as day yell, clear audiently, but outside my ear, like you would hear a train horn or something. Uh, Jenny, Jenny, call your grandmother now. Call Grandma Chicky right now. So believe me, when your mom yells at you from the other side, you do what she says. You listen. Yes, and... She was a woman you listened to, believe me, you didn't want to you didn't want to mess around. So I immediately called my grandmother. I was driving. I called her. She talked to me for a couple of minutes. She was so excited, so happy to see you. And then all of a sudden I heard the phone drop and her fall. Right then when I'm on the phone with her. Um, so I immediately, I, I kept saying, Grandma, Grandma, are you okay? No answer. Oh. So, uh, so I called my aunt who lived next door, who had already come and checked on her. She was uh, 93 at the time, and she wouldn't have checked her till the next day, but she ran over there. They got her to the hospital. She had had a stroke. Oh, my gosh. Yes, but she lived for, I think, another month, and I was able to come and see her, and everyone was able to visit with her before she passed. So my mother, you know, played a part from the other side. And, and, and tell, me about, it. tell me about the son with the dislocated shoulder. <laughs> what happened okay. to him? Okay, well, he's probably going to shoot me for telling this story. But um, when he was in high school, I had a precognitive dream 
that, but I saw him hanging onto a rope, and I saw water, and I just, to me, it looked, and he was, and he got hurt. So I thought he was like skydiving. You know how they have the ropes wrapped around him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's what I thought. So I told him that night. I said, "Listen, I had this dream, and they, my kids learned to listen to me when I had these kind of dreams." And I said, just be really careful. Don't do anything stupid and don't go skydiving or, you know, anything like that. Ah, ha, ha, mom. Of course I won't. Well, the next day, he and his friends at the last minute decide to go to see another friend at a lake house in Tennessee out somewhere very rural and has an accident. They're, they're, um, you know, tubing and they apparently they had the, the big tube with ropes attached to the boat. And he got his shoulder got jerked and dislocated, oh, and geez. yeah, he was he was really badly injured, and they had to get him to an ER out there, and it was terrible. But he listened a lot more after that. Did did he play football? He did. He went on to play for Vanderbilt, and then he was drafted by the Patriots and played for several different teams. He played for about five years, so they sewed him up pretty good. You're too young to have a football player, son. <laughs> okay, then I'm not going to tell you about my grandchildren. <laughs> well, okay. I've, got, I've got them, too. They're, <laughs> they're wonderful. They're great They're kids. the best. They, are, they really are remarkable. <laughs> now, you, but you studied, you're basically a scientist, aren't you? Yes, I, I went to, to college to be an environmental scientist. Um, I loved, you know, plants and animals, so basically that was my specialty, wetlands and wetland delineation, permitting, things like that. Um, so science is in my background, and when I was training to be a medium all this time, I, I didn't put myself out there till my kids were pretty much out of high school. Um, and then I really, really um, became a professional medium. But that scientific background has always stayed with me, and that's why I love evidence. And I just feel like people need the training to be the best that they can be in this field. You know our buddy Uri Geller, huh? Well, I yes. He was a judge, and I did a television show in the Ukraine representing the U.S. as a psychic medium. Uh, it was a crazy time. This was, oh gosh, it's been a little while now, 2011? Uh, he was one of the judges, um, and it was it was so much fun. I learned a lot about being a psychic and a medium, and was put under a lot of um, a lot of pressure, and it was great. If you if you had to choose just one area, just one as your favorite, a psychic, a medium, or an animal communicator, what would that be? Oh, that only tough. have one. Only one. Oh, George. Probably mediumship with animals. <laughs> How's that? Really? Yes. How come? Because when I get to see them, the ones that have passed from the other side, and bring them in, um, it just, it, it's so healing for people. Of course, they're loved ones, too. But because of my inf- affinity with animals, it just is so special. Talking about special, you've got something for free you want to give away. I love the word free. Oh, me too, me too. What do you have? Well, I have this little ebook, 
And it's all about how to spot fake and dishonest mediums and psychics. And I want to give that away free. So anybody that signs up for my newsletter, I will automatically send that to them. All right, great. We'll talk a little bit more about that. So Mm -hmm. let us talk about the visions of the other side. In your opinion, now that you've been a medium for so many years, what do you think the other side really is? When we die, what's over there? Okay, from all the readings that I've done and all the information I've gathered from those that speak to me from the other side, I ask them this, believe me, and a lot of my clients do. It is pretty much a reflection of what you want it to be. If you want it to be a music hall with symphonies going all day long, that's what you'll have. So it is basically what what you love, what you desire, and you can make it whatever you want. Uh, I've heard that there there are movies, concerts, libraries, universities, uh, Anything you want. If you want to go to school to learn to be a doctor, you can do that. You can learn music. Um, you hang out with your besties, you know, and your family. It's it's a beautiful place that pales in comparison to where we are. Uh, that's that's what I've heard over and over and over again. Do we make our own hell? I do believe that's the very truth, and that we can make our life here a hell if we choose it. Um, I don't believe that there is an actual hell that we go to. I think there's a place that's sort of like a limbo um, where you go for healing if you're in need of that kind of mental healing, if you're a criminal that, you know, needs to be reformed, there's a place for you. But I don't believe that's burning in hell it's you go somewhere where there are people there to help you it's like a holding tank huh yes yes right and if they ask for help then they will be helped you know they can't be forced on people so if they want to you know stay in that limbo or that tank and suffer and go through over and over what they did to people and feel and um you know have to experience those things over and over I think eventually they're going to choose to to grow and and get out of there. As a psychic, Mm -hmm. do you predict things? I do. I do that sometimes, yes. See anything on the horizon that we really need to know about? Well, I'm very worried about the earthquake in California coming this year. That's funny you say that because I have an earthquake expert, not a psychic, but an expert. Who thinks a big one's coming, too? Oh, see, I, I keep feeling it. Um, and November keeps coming up. Uh, it could be sooner. And I know we just had a great big one in Alaska, yep. which I thought, uh-oh, here it comes. But it's going to be slowly, like October, November. Yeah, so just be prepared, all those people out there, out in California. Be, be careful. How about COVID? Does it go away? Well... All right. Oh boy. Here I hate go. to be negative, but I no, don't No, we just want just I don't lay it out there go. for us. All right. I I had predicted that there would be something coming that would affect many people. I saw people running with masks on. 
I didn't realize what exactly it was. I did not know it was a pandemic, but I did see it over and over and over. And I know it's going to last like another year, but it will just dissipate slowly from now on. So we, we're we going to have an uptick, yes, into the fall and into like January. And then I see by April, we should be past it. No more variants, I hope? Just Ooh, the, well... Or does it keep changing? I think there'll still be another variant, but not as virulent. So there's there's hope on the horizon. Let's put it that way. My daughter had a precognitive dream about 9-11, but did not know what it was, nor did I. She called me up about a week before 9-11 in 2001 and said, Dad, I just had the strangest dream. And I've talked about this before, Jennifer. And I said, well, Wendy, what was it? She said, I'm walking in this big city. I don't know where it is. There's skyscrapers everywhere. And uh, we're in St. Louis, Detroit. So she thought maybe Chicago, a little, maybe, maybe, maybe New York. But she said, I'm walking on the streets of this big skyscraper city. And dust and ash is falling on me to the point where it's like I'm a foot deep in this stuff. Wow. And it's coming down like like a huge snowstorm, but it's not snow. It's it's dust from something. I don't know what it was. And sure enough, when we saw what happened on 9-11 and all that stuff was falling to the ground and people were breathing it in and everything else, I called her back up and I said, Wendy, this is your dream. And she said, I know. But we wow. didn't know what it was then. How come we can't figure that out? That's a very good question. I I do believe that there are certain things that are going to happen that we cannot stop, that um, I don't know if it's a universal karmic thing or it's, well, in this case, I, I know it came from that lab. I saw that all along. I said that back in December of 2019. Yes, I, because I remember you real. said it, and you were right. I was like, I agree with George, absolutely. These, this was an accident, but also um, they shouldn't have been doing this kind of research. No, too place. dangerous. It's very dangerous. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very sad. I'm not sure that this Delta variant that's out there that they said they found first in India, which is close to China, was an accident as well. And, you know, a whole bunch of stuff is getting out. Yep, it makes you wonder. I I I think that there's more than accidental things going on, which is scary. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.